Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Allegedly True. I'm your host, Bren Friend, and today's special guest is Adam from Australia. You're going to love his accent first and foremost, but more importantly, we get to know Adam's 39 jobs that he's had over the years and plenty of other stories, especially how we met on a slightly tumultuous and chaotic New Year's Eve cruise. So stay tuned and thanks again for listening to Allegedly True. Hi, and welcome to my podcast here, Allegedly True, where we talk about stories that may or may not be true for legal purposes, so nobody gets in trouble. And this app, Anchor, is the reason why we're recording this, also a little bit of Zoom, but thank God we've gotten these technical difficulties out of the way. So today, I have a wonderful guest named Adam, and Adam and I met when we were on a cruise ship together, actually, many years ago in Australia. So round of applause, welcome aboard, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. I really, I'm really glad that we went through those technical difficulties together. I don't think I could have made it by myself. So thank you for, for being there. I feel like you're quite <laughs> resilient, though. I mean, I could I'm, be wrong. I've seen a few things, so I think we're okay, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm seeing it looks like you have a nice tan. Has it been summertime recently and you're going into fall now? Is that correct? No, I've just got really high blood pressure. <sighs> totally, totally kidding. Yeah, it's been, I work outside a lot, so I'm fortunate. I have a really good head tan and then my whole body's white, so it's really good. But as long as the face looks good, especially for this sort of thing, then it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. No, uh, no only fans right now or anything. So we're, we're okay. Uh, no, that's not, that's not true. <sighs> You're messing with me. Okay. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. I love this. Okay, great. So first and foremost, I know that mm. you're from Australia and I know that yeah. you have a very charming and witty personality, but I kind of want to just like know more about you. So yeah. where did you grow up specifically? Was it outside of Sydney or outside of Melbourne? Yeah, hundred percent. I, um, I grew up outside of Sydney. So about an hour south of Sydney in a little town called Picton, which I'm actually back at now. So I've just come back here from the, the sunny coast because, um, my best mate just had a baby about three days ago. I came back to hold her and also make sure they were supported. But yeah, grew up outside of Sydney, um, have moved around a lot, experienced a lot of things. So yeah, I've got a, a wide variety of experience, which is fantastic. I'm definitely curious about all the fun things you've gotten into. What was it like growing up outside of Sydney? Because it's, you know, you're outside of the big city, but you're definitely in a small town. Were people yep. nice? I feel like people in America we're all known for like being bullied or people are bullying other people. It's, but what's no, it like in Australia? So having, um, being an avid listener of your podcast, I <laughs> have heard your experiences and I totally, um, totally resonate with some of them because yeah, like Picton is a beautiful town and the people are beautiful, very small minded though. So um, as long as you stay inside their box and they can put you in their box, then everyone's happy. So I, I was actually having a great chat with a friend of mine the other day because I am quite open-minded and um, just here to explore and see what's going on. And I said to her, like, I, I have massive frustration because being here is like super beautiful because I feel so accepted, but not for who I truly am, <laughs> for who people want me to be <laughs> or need me to be in their life because they're seeing things that they're missing. But yeah, I feel so accepted, but very unheard and unseen. So it's one of those places where, you know, people, they do embrace you, but yeah, there's not really uh, much growth here for me, I don't think. <laughs> well, I feel like your your hometown is kind of like 
putting on clothes that fit you as a teenager, you know? And my parents were always like, oh, you'll grow into it, whatever. But I know clothes that I had in high school, they're just a little too restricting and they just don't fit anymore. So I've certainly grown and, you know, developed a more personal style or just found clothes that feel better and look better and work with me and what I want. So, um, I really, I feel also that it, it definitely is a yardstick for your own personal growth because you come back into a place that obviously represented a lot of different things at different stages of your life and then see how it feels when you come back as a different person. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then like, so then finding ways to be grateful for that rather than being like disgruntled because I have this way of going, oh my God, these people are doing the same thing. But now I'm finding a way to go, oh, this is so great to see that these people are being super consistent. Thank you so much for showing me consistency. I think it's my time to leave. (laughs) I love your mindset. I love your perspective. I feel like very few people see things that way. You know, I think first and foremost, anyone that gets out of their hometown and decides to move somewhere completely different that they may or may not know people. I think that's an accomplishment in itself because it shows at least to me that you're brave enough and willing to realize, Hey, there's something out there. I don't know what it is, but I'm Mm -hmm. willing to be open-minded and to feel brand new. And I was talking about this the other day, but if you can continuously to be a lifelong learner and continuously feel brand new, however you do that, if it's a new city, a new job, a new relationship, whatever, I think that's just so much fun. There's nothing better than like a brand new shiny car or, you know, piece of technology, but you get to do that for yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people search for that in their everyday and other people search for that outside their everyday, you know? So I think it's the, the reason I have that perspective is just respecting that people are where they're at. Like there's, you know, the um, a beautiful thing that I read ages ago, whoever it's from, don't know who it is, but, uh, you know, drinking or anger is like feeding yourself poison and expecting someone else to die. So you're holding on to something that isn't really yours, right? So you're actually spending all this time and energy on things that just do not actually serve you at all. So my perspective doesn't come from the fact that I do not feel frustration and I do not feel anger and all that sort of stuff, but my favorite thing that I sort of came up with maybe a few months ago was like, wait for the fuck off to turn to a thank you. And then you're living, you know, I think people stop at the fuck off because we become very responsive or reactive to life, taking the time to become responsive and actually go, what does this mean? Almost existential level. Cause you're going, I've seen this pattern before. <laughs> Why am I acting the same? So then if I'm saying people in a small town, are small minded, then maybe it's time to take a look at, <laughs> how you can expand that <laughs> there's there's so much so much coming to my mind right now when you were talking about leaving going traveling being all these fun places and then coming back to your small hometown part yeah. of my journey exactly is what you were just talking about was when I was working on cruise ships I wasn't home for two years and I usually like to go home every six months just to see friends and family and yeah. I was gone I mean literally in a two-year period I had been in America I, I don't probably gone to five, 10 different countries at least, went all over the world, met people from Australia and Indonesia and South America and just went everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was so great because I was like, man, I really feel like I'm really owning my life right now. I really feel like I've gotten this worldly perspective that I'm not the most important thing in it. And to see all these different cultures, French Polynesia, Bora Bora, you know, it was unreal. Then I came back home to my small town 
and I was like, have you ever seen the show The Good Place? Yeah, I love okay. that. Yeah, and it's based Kristen kind Bell, of. No, I think he's my favorite actress ever in the world. Oh Kristen Bell. Yeah, and Kristen. it kind of takes part in Sydney as well, which is kind of fun. No, it does not. Part of it. Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but. No, I've watched it all. Where? <laughs> when? So, okay, spoiler alert again. if anyone is. I'm going to try again. <laughs> There's a part where Eleanor, I believe her name is, she goes back to Earth. And yep. she partners or she tries to find um, the professor. I forgot his name. And the oh, professor's wow. teaching at a university Chidi? in the Sydney. Chidi. Yeah, Chidi. Yeah. Chidi, and then yeah. Chidi's teaching at a university in Australia. And Eleanor's like, I don't know how or why, but I'm just going to move to Australia. And like, I don't know what's going on. But that's later on. I think it might be like season three or season four. I can't remember. But hmm. full circle there. But I was like, oh, is this the bad place? You know, after traveling, going back to my hometown, I'm like, is this the bad place? Or is this just like the house I grew up in? Like, I love my family, don't get me wrong, but there's a big difference in having your own space and your own life and your own control over your circumstances. Where as, you know, sometimes when you're living with someone, or if you're roommates with someone, it does certainly make things more challenging because you have to compromise and you have to kind of meet in the middle for a lot of things. So that was very insightful for me. And I was only home for like five days and I was like, oh, okay. So maybe, maybe my hometown isn't as bad. Maybe it was just like the environment that I grew up in maybe wasn't yeah. conducive to my best version so, of myself. Especially when it's bringing up the old versions. Cause I always ask myself, am I being a petulant child? So if, I, <laughs> if I'm looking for change when, you know, like you come back here and there might be some ego involved that says, ah, I didn't like this place cause it's a small town and we continue to tell that story. So then we see the small town when we come back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. So now I've challenged myself to sit here for a few months and go, where is the growth? You know, because the growth only ever comes from our choices. Like no one's ever going to show us growth. We're going to have to choose it. So I come into my hometown. I do a whole bunch of things. I've sold all my possessions. So I own like two backpacks and a couple of plastic boxes full of stuff. And Minimalist lifestyle. 100%. But proving to myself that possessions don't make you a good person right so here's me coming to back to a small town where there are some people that are doing quite well for themselves if we look at success as money and expensive cars and big properties um and then some other people that are not doing quite so well because they're struggling all the time telling the same story right but i just look at the story so if you look at the story some people are affluent and are telling a beautiful story of abundance other people are affluent and they're scared so, you know, they're creating that affluence because they're scared. They think there's not enough for everyone. But the people that are realizing there's abundance are the ones that are just sharing. And that's okay. And you can tell because you sit with them and you go, oh, my God, you feel so relaxed. Whereas the other people you sit with and you're like, oh, God, what are you defending right now? You know, like, why, why are we action battle stations? Like, I just don't, I don't quite get it. But only seeing and feeling different things will give you that experience. Have you heard of the law of attraction or have you ever read The Secret? I tried not to, but yes, I've heard of it, yeah. (laughs) Well, I read it a long time ago. I don't remember everything, but the one thing that I did take away from it was you can't have everything right now, but if you continue to wish it and want it and visualize it, when it's Mm. best for you, it's going to manifest itself. So, you know, maybe if someone has a certain job that they wanted to do, like let's say they wanted to put out a podcast, for example, and they've wanted to do it for 10 years and they kept getting in their own way and not doing what they really wanted to do. Maybe 10 years ago, wasn't the right time. Maybe I wasn't the fully fledged best version of myself 
to, mm. or, you know, hypothetically speaking, if it was pertaining to me, um, I wasn't maybe ready to actually be willing to just let it all go and let it all hang out and just mm. be that real authentic version of myself. But I think, you know, with time, if you want something and you continue to want it and you don't give up, I think in the long run, things will work themselves out. Doesn't really sound like a real thing. You know, it's like hope this intangible quality about someone, you know, I, I hope I want, I wish you can't be yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to grab onto that. But it's that internal intrinsec feeling, which is good. From what you were saying there, I love it. I think something that I definitely live by and especially from a goal setting perspective. So a lot of people, you know, five year plan, all that sort of stuff. I think the, the truest trust in yourself is that every moment is giving you exactly what you need. It might not be giving you what you want, but it's giving you what you need, right? So can we spend the time in this moment to go, what is it that I'm seeing? You know, instead of this like, oh God, I hope that in the next moment I might experience this. No, what is it giving you right now? So if we can find that trust to say that the moment will give you what you need, not what you want, then we can find that trust to say everything is actually going to be fine, you know, and not fine as in like that dismissive middle of the road word that's horrible because people are usually striving for fine without knowing there's more but you know that it's like we are okay right finding that safety in every moment means that if we trust it deeper then we'll experience more rather than control right so i have this big thing about control so i I listen to people and i've done like life coaching and hypnotherapy and working with disabilities and working in construction and like all these things in my life that i've kind of gone all right so this is like a basic process that we follow to achieve these things right so it's just a role. So we're playing a role. But then I go, what is the more? The more is that everything is connected and everything has value and purpose. So then in saying that, how do I find that value and purpose right now? I know we've all probably gone through moments of struggle or doubt or disbelief. I know like, especially with the pandemic, for sure. I thought that my life was going this way and then everything just kind of crumbled and I had to regroup and refocus and find something else to do. But yeah. I mean... I always had dreams, wants, desires, even as a kid, but what would you say some of your dreams or desires were when you were growing up in a small town? Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I don't know, like if I look back when I was a kid, like I used to tell a story that I wanted to be a pilot. Um, and then I also, I don't know, like I was just such a, I, I feel like looking back at myself, if I was to just big note myself as a child, I was such an organic child, right? So I was highly influenced by the um, the situations that were going on around me, but I was also quite in tune, I think, with what was going on. So, you know, people, people say that you're a people pleaser or whatever, but I think when people are so in tune with what's going on, you just do what needs to be done. You know, like I just sort of got to a point, but I, um, yeah, definitely had this, the view that I wanted to be a pilot, which I'm actually pursuing now anyway, which wow. is why. Um, and when I was um, 18, I wanted to join the army, but I've actually got health problems that stopped me from doing that. Did you play sports or were you like, I want to be a basketball player or want to be a track star? Like, did you have any like hobbies that you wanted to manifest into something bigger? Yeah, not so much. I was a very good soccer player. That's cool. Um, Or do you call it football? How does that work? We call it soccer. Okay, good. Okay, great. Yeah. If you don't mind referring to it as soccer, otherwise I'll be offended. Soccer is like the the black and the white ball that you kick around, yeah? Uh, Yeah, the round one. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I know, like, all my British friends, I was like... 
<laughs> me and sports are best friends. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I yeah. saw you walking together the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I was involved in a lot of sport. I was also actually um, 10 pin bowling. I um, was the youngest person on the uh, state team for New South Wales at 14 years of age. Also quite, yeah, quite good. I was uh, year four of five and six um, spelling bee champion. Um, <laughs> I was also, we had the regional math competition and I came twice, two years in a row. So yeah, I had a lot of different um, interests and, and, uh, and, and talents, I suppose. So from a young age, I think I had quite a broad uh, spectrum of things that I wasn't actually pursuing one thing, but definitely experiencing a lot of different things. How do you go from, hey, I'm just in the neighborhood playing around to being a state champion almost in the bowling 10 pin can't what 10 pin bowling 10 pin okay yeah yeah 10 pin sure we just say so, bowling yeah. yeah just bowling that'd be fine yeah so we got into competition when I was a kid and my sister was the one that wanted to pursue it and then I became the asshole child because I was much better at it so <laughs> how many siblings do you have I have uh, one sister who's 12, uh, 15 months older than me and then a half-brother who is 20 years older than me. So you're the baby. I'm the baby. Okay. Are you the baby? Mm-hmm. You strike me as the baby. Yeah. The baby. Yeah. But it's funny because in a way, I feel like the older child is always like the most responsible and I love my brother immensely, but I would say I'm probably the more responsible one out of the two, to be honest. And yeah. when I was growing up, like, I played a little bit of baseball. Actually, this is so random. I was on a baseball team in first and second grade and Walt Disney's granddaughters were on my, it was granddaughters or great granddaughters. I don't know the genealogy, but like they were on my baseball team. I never saw them again after that moment. They probably went to a fancy private school or whatever, but um, you know, it was fun. It was fun for a while. And then, you know, I would play like a little bit of tennis with my dad or a little bit of golf with my dad, whatever. Um, but that's the only time I ever played with the different sports and whatever. Cause he was just like, Hey, this is good. You should try this, whatever. But yeah. we were, my brother and I, and my dad, we were all involved in boy scouts or the scouting program. And yeah. I was in for 10 years. My brother and I are both Eagle scouts and I always wanted to do music though. And this is that, yeah, the you know it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was in scouts for a short time. Yeah. Yeah. How far did you go? Not far at all. I think I went two times because a friend of mine invited me. <laughs> well, at least you went. So that's good. Two more yeah. times than most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but I did it for 10 years. And my dad is very, well, he's military. So, you know, everything is kind of orderly yeah. and makes sense. And yeah. music and creativity is kind of everything but the rigid and strict. So, yeah. I always wanted to do music and I gave it up for one year. I would sing in school, but I didn't have any time for it after school and my parents were divorced. So that didn't help, but I took music off for one year, I think in eighth grade. Cause I was like, no, I want to be cool. And like, I want to like spend my time doing other like cool kids stuff, whatever. And I hated it. I hated every minute that I wasn't singing. I would walk by the chorus room and be like, oh, I should be in there. I should be doing that. And where it's like, I'm talking too much about childhood and we need to move on to the present. But no, I, <laughs> I just, I loved music so much. And all I wanted to do was sing and perform. And yeah. when I was in high school, some of my best friends, like, you know, cause I, I was in scouting and I had like all these guy friends, whatever. And I told them my freshman year, which would be like age 14 or 15. And I was like, yeah, like I want to do theater. I want to do music. Like if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So now's the time to just be brave and whatever. And they literally said, well, we can't be friends with you. And I was like, 
you can't be friends with me. What do you mean? Like, that's a joke, right? That's stupid. I'm just like doing music and theater. But back then it was like, oh, like we can't be associated with you because that's going to make you look gay or that's going to make a, you know, and it's like, uh, I don't know. Even at the time, like, I know that my voice is not the most like butch and like, Hey, how are you? Unless I wake up at like six in the morning and then I have a really raspy voice. But I just knew, I was like, you know what? If you guys want to do your thing, go do your thing. I'm going to do mine. And if you can't accept me for who I am, I just need to keep going. I need to be brave. I need to figure out, Hey, you know what, if this isn't working for me, let's see what the long-term is. And I'm so glad because I kept singing, I kept performing and allowed me to go on cruise ships and meet wonderful people like you from Australia. I never would have gone. So hundred percent. And like, like, firstly, kudos to you for doing that. So young, right? So I see so many people and experience. This is why, like, if someone says to me, can I give you some advice? I'm usually like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) The words that are about to follow that are them putting me in their box. So I'm like, no. Like if someone doesn't start a conversation with, thank you so much for sharing a part of you. I'd love to know more. Mm-hmm. Then, fuck, I don't care. Like, Did I say that, that? No, 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 not at all. Like, I'm just saying like, you know, as far as choosing your own path, like it's not, you know, um, there's a beautiful book by um, Scott Peck called The Road Less Traveled. And it always sits next to my bed because sometimes I need a reminder that we're not here choosing ease, right? So we're not here because we think it's going to be easy. But for some reason, and people say society, I'm not a massive fan of the word society, but it definitely sums up, you know, the the mass um, thinking pattern is that there are certain things we can do to stay safe. So if we're stepping outside of that safety, there is not going to be ease, right? There is going to be (laughs) dis-ease. And to choose that from the get-go allows our bodies to be free rather than, sticking with this pattern that people freaking teach us when we're kids like we know people absorb things from before they were born to challenge that you're breaking a pattern it's going to be uncomfortable all right so in the to human do that, race like as humans we're genetically programmed to never do anything that's harmful because like way back when if we were cavemen or whatever like we're not going to go out into the cold because we're going to die or we're not going to do certain things so i think that's still yeah. very intrinsic as well so just pick that oh, 100 and especially like you know greek mythology i think we have a beautiful way of telling stories to make ourselves feel better about our choices so if you look into greek mythology um i think it's prometheus and Amadeus, or um Anyway, I think I got the second one wrong. First one may be right. All I remember is Dionysus is the god of wine, I believe. I remember that. That's all we need to remember, actually. Let's be honest. That's the only way to... uh, And cheers. And who's the god of Jack Daniels? I don't know who that is, but Um, cheers anyway. Mr. Tennessee Whiskey. There we go. (laughs) Chris Stapleton will say. Um, (laughs) That's actually like I've been to the the factory or like the distillery. It's a fun tour. Lots of Mm. good stuff. Yeah. Always good, but um, so Prometheus, apparently when humans were created, they'd finished creating all other animals, all other, um, you know, living beings and humans were created without any defense mechanisms. So everything that we've got, we've created, right? So like, honestly, as an animal, we're pretty crap. <laughs> like if I was born in the Serengeti, I'd be dead. If I was born with a polar bear, I'd be dead. Like, you know, like we're, we're definitely external. So everything that we've, we've been shown is external. So if we still keep striving for that external stuff to keep us safe, then like it, it totally makes sense. Like, and I get it, you know, wait for the fuck off to turn to a thank you. Like I look at people and, you know, if I say they're small minded, I'm like, okay, so why am I not open-minded about their perspective? 
because if I'm expecting them to be open-minded about me and I'm judging them, how does that work? You know, like very good, very philosophical moment right there. Thank you. hundred percent. But both, like both things work. So if we're, if we've got open thinking, right. Open thinking means that it doesn't have to be one answer. So if we're looking for an answer, it's usually our ego trying to say, this is what it is safety. Right. So if we're looking for safety, then there's no exploration. So for exploring and feeling everything, that's okay. You know, and it's coming back to that thing of like, you know, I look at positive psychology and stuff like that. And I just go, I get it. Like I understand it feels good to feel good. I also understand it feels great to feel shit and then feel great. Like it's, it's you know, you, you, the, the, the polarity in our life says that there has to be shitness to be goodness. Like you can't just have mediocre. And if you want to live mediocre, I've got to find a way for myself to accept people that I look at and go, holy crap, you've created this little bubble. For me, I chose outside the bubble. So I'm like, all right, there's going to be times when I'm like, holy shit, what is going on? <laughs> My life is over. But it's, that's actually where it begins, you know? So, yeah. I love but, that. It's like you have to have the low moments in order to appreciate the view from way up top when you're living that high. But, you know, talking about high moments or like good moments, did you go to yeah. college for anything to like, you know, expand your horizons? Because you seem like you have all this great knowledge, wealth of knowledge. And I feel yeah. like, you know, some of that comes from reading, that comes from life experience. But did you also go to uni, as you call it? University. Yeah, I went to uni. I went to uni once for accounting. You use it all the time, yeah? Totally. I, I can count to 10. I think I did well in my three years of uni. It was fantastic. And um, no, actually, I learned a lot of skills. I did not finish that qualification because it wasn't right for me. But the, this is where we go back to accepting that we can choose when things are right for us, right? So just because I didn't see that course the whole way through does not mean that I didn't learn everything I needed to know, right? So I've definitely done so many jobs in my life that I have called upon the experience that I got from that. And I'm like, cool. So I was an ops manager for a construction company and I was like, I understand money. So we're going to be fine. You know, what other fun jobs did you have besides construction? Holy crap. I've had 39 jobs. <sighs> Can I list them all? Is this R rated PG? What, what are we talking we're, about? We're NC 17, XXX, whatever you want. So <laughs> R rated. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it all. Trust me. I've lived, I've seen things. Yeah. Okay. I worked on a nude cruise, so it's fine. Yeah. I love that. I love your story. Like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I've done all sorts like from school, I left and I moved to Ayers Rock, Uluru, if we're talking indigenous, which is fantastic first nations and lived out there for eight months. But I sort of just started this, uh, I, I didn't even realize at the time, but I started this sort of belief that I am here to explore. So I've done um, real estate construction. I'm a personal trainer disability support work. I run bars. I used to run music festivals. I drive trucks. I drive cranes. I can operate machinery. I can pretty much do whatever the freaking hell you want me to do. So we'll go to the X-rated stuff. I started off when I was in, I was, so I was an operations manager for a construction company in Sydney. And I was just super cute. I'm always super curious about things, right? Because I believe- I thought you were going to say super cute because I was like, yeah, that too, but- (laughs) (laughs) I don't often say that about myself. (laughs) I sometimes think it, but I don't say it. (laughs) Love it, love it. Give it a couple couple drinks, liquid courage there. Yeah, Yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, talk very highly of myself for dying monologues. Um, I- yeah, so I got super curious one day and I was was just bored, you know, like, and I was I was living in Sydney. I was a really good runner. And I was like training a lot. And I was like, I went from running bars for music festivals to like an um, ops manager for a, a construction company looking after three states in Australia. And it was 
full on. And I just got to the end of each week going, what the freaking hell am I achieving here? Like, what am I doing? Creative outlet, right? So I'm a, I love people. I love making people smile. I think it's my favorite thing in the world, you know? And I think without sacrificing yourself, if you're making people smile and you're also gaining from it, fucking game on. Like, I love it. So I, <laughs> I got curious one day. And I'm really I, liking where this is going. This is a great yeah, thing. Fantastic. I love it. Um, so I got curious one day and I was like, well, I'm uh, 28 and uh, I'm pretty fit and uh, I'm good with people. So I actually applied to be a butler in the buff. So it was topless waitering, but all we wore was a tiny little apron, no underpants, and two little cuffs on our wrists and a little um, bow tie. That was the uniform. So, so you said two two cufflinks there, a bow tie and an apron that covered your front, but not the back. Yeah, very small. I don't know if we're talking inches, maybe like 12 inches by six inches. Like there was not much material covering the parts that are less likely to be. And accepted. this is a show, just a bar restaurant. Like this is a casual thing in Sydney. No, so it's a um, it's a company that does like hens parties and, and birthdays and stuff. So you go to people's um, places, wherever they're having their, or we call it bachelorette party, but yeah. Okay. That's a great fantastic. job. Yes. It was fantastic. So all I did there was got paid three times what I would getting served beers to people. And like, I made much more money on the weekends than I did during the week, by the way. <laughs> and so I would give people massages, serve them drinks, make sure they were happy. That was my whole job. And I was wearing no clothes basically. And it was just it was just a festival of flirting and it was fantastic. Like I had the most ridiculously fun experiences that I've ever had from that. <laughs> from that, I was like, oh, what else is there? <laughs> so I, um, I became a, an escort. So <laughs> Please tell me more because I feel like I would be a great escort. I wouldn't really put out, but like if there was an old lady that wanted to have dinner with me, I would sure. tell all the stories. I'd hold the door open. I would drive. She can't see. I would do it all. But please tell me more. I'm so curious. And is that legal yeah. there? I don't know how that works. Um, I don't know. Same. <laughs> so no, yeah, uh, this is all alleged, folks. This is, is this where really allegedly a... true comes yes. from, right? So yeah. yeah, I know a guy that was once an escort. He might have looked like me, sounded yeah. like me. And hypothetical, me. yeah. yeah. So hypothetically, allegedly, if you happen to be an escort, how did that go? What was that like? Yeah, well, if I knew a person that knew the story, I'd probably tell it like this. Um, yeah, it was great. So <laughs> I'll tell you the funniest. So I um the the lady that I met with, so he, this is how it's so people go to me, how do you become an escort? I wrote into Google how to become a male escort in Sydney. Done. <laughs> it is not any harder than that. And then send somebody a message and say, I'd love to be an escort. That it was as hard as it got. And no pun intended. Yeah. But ah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So yeah, I met with this lady at the Four Seasons Hotel. She was my pimp, I suppose. And it was like the boyfriend experience, right? So talking about people pleasing. So, <laughs> so this lady said to me, she changed my name. She changed my age. She changed my occupation. She changed everything. I had a backstory, all this sort of stuff, right? So when I was connecting with these people, I was like sitting there going, oh, this is cool. Like, it was just like, a, you know, it's just like a job. So I was working for this. So the company I was working for at the time, I was also doing some consulting work for a, um, a fabrication company. And the guy that was running that was kind of like my dad. So every time I did something a little bit outlandish, I'd talk to him and say, how do I feel more human about this? And so I said to him, I said, I'm kind of, I'm selling myself for sex right now. And he goes, Adam, you're performing a service. I hope you're doing a good job. I was like, thanks dad. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Hey, like, 
far out, like everything you want to hear from me about in any situation. But um, yeah, so I just uh, did that for about maybe eight months and made some good friends out of it. <laughs> like, and, you know, people that um, I just, you realize like connection in this life is such an intricate thing, right? And people are searching for it in different ways. So, you know, and people ask you things as a loaded question when they have their own views of what a situation might look like. Instead of going, can you explain to me what happened in this situation, right? So I have such an interesting time with people and I definitely used to use it as like a shock factor. So someone would say to me, especially if you're like at a business meeting and you're about to sell like a, a big apartment block or something like that. And then, you know, you have a few beers with them afterwards and next minute you're like, oh yeah, I used to have sex with people for money. And you just look at people and the way they, uh, it's a nice gauge of people, right? I used to actually just talk about poo a lot to see how people actually reacted to that. So now- What did you say? <laughs> I used to, I used to, I probably still do it. Um, you said poopula. I I don't know what the word was. Poo. I poo. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I had to repeat that so many times. <laughs> Come again. Um, yeah, but you know, sometimes I think uh, seeing what people look like when you're talking about things outside of their realm is definitely that's the only place I want to see people, though, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to freaking have any preconceived ideas of who somebody is. I just want to see what they're like when you're just being open in yourself, right? And we talk about vulnerability, vulnerability in every moment. Like, don't just choose when you're going to be vulnerable. Like, friggin', if you're going to dive in, be you at 15 and just go, holy shit, I'm doing this, you know? People are going to say they don't like me. People are going to say that they friggin' think I'm gay, whatever. I don't care. Like, just, but that, that not in saying that that doesn't come without its drawbacks. Like, <laughs> How many clients do you think you had in that eight-month period? And do you ever think about going back to it? Yeah. Yeah, I do actually. Um, I think sometimes when I look at, um, like, I'm not, I don't think money is, money is definitely not the be all and end all of my life. Like, so I think sometimes, like, you know, experiences surpass the need for creating money, or, you know, I've definitely been in a lot of situations in my life where I've created money from things that I never thought I could have. So I, I would consider it probably, it's more of a different perspective now because you're, I'm actually connecting with people. You know, like I look at, you look at, and the, the coolest thing, I had this interaction with one of the ladies I used to see and she would say to me, the thing I love about this is that you know what's going on. Like, you know, I look at a, a lot of people in relationships these days and they may as well be prostitutes because they're just doing things to get something, right? If, if it's transactional without someone saying it's transactional. So like if someone's saying, I'm going to give you this, if you give me this, like people that say, oh, we held sex from my husband the other night, like, fuck off like that is the most disgusting way to have a relationship in my like I, I look at things transactionally because there is no beginning no end there is like such an expanse of things that are going on I don't do good today because I expect something to come back to me today I also don't know if it will come back to me in the future but I do it because it's who I am right instead of this transactional fucking crap that I look at and I'm like Americans are so transactional. I hate that. Like, and and what would you say is the biggest difference that you've noticed? Because I know that you've come to the States and traveled and visited, but what do you think the biggest difference is between Australians and Americans that you've noticed? Let me badmouth Australians first, if that's okay. okay. Perfect. Um, Whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, um, you know, with anything though, if we blanket things and become general with things, like people think Australians are very um, laid back. I sometimes don't agree with that. I think that um, we're, we're a simple a simple country. Uh, we're very removed from the world. And people say we're laid back only because we're not actually dealing with the things that are going on in the world. 
So the difference with America, I found that people were a lot more involved in their everyday life and a lot more um, active in things that are going on. So I felt like um, people were a lot more engaged in, in whatever sense. And I definitely, I went from Austin to Nashville via car and kind of went up and down and stopped at a whole bunch of places. So I saw a, 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 obviously a, a small part of the country, but definitely experienced a wide variety of people. Um, did you go to Arkansas? I went through, so tell me where, I heard you talk about Arkansas today, actually. <laughs> I love that. I know it wasn't today for you, but it was today for me. Mm-hmm. I was oh man, what's that? Is it Chattahoochee? So the Chattahoochee River, that is a thing, yes. I actually have a friend that kind of lives near the Chattahoochee, but she's in Georgia. Okay. Um, but I feel like it probably goes through many different states somewhere in the South, my guess. I really need to yeah. look at a map. Yeah. Geography. So from memory, no, we didn't start stop in Arkansas. That's probably <laughs> okay, though. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, Alabama, I think. Chattahoochee, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I but um, no, so I think my experience of Americans is you guys are so much more excitable about life. Like I was just so engaged and enthralled with like how, and not, not even, I don't think it was a hundred percent just because I was Australian, but how excited you guys are. Like, you know, you, people ask you questions about things, whereas Australians are like, oh, he's doing something good. I might just say he's a dickhead, you know, like it's just tall poppy syndrome here is just such a horrible thing in saying that I definitely know a lot of people that aren't like that, but yeah, I feel Americans are a lot more open to growth. I, would say. I haven't heard tall poppy syndrome, I think, since I worked on ships. And I don't know if that was from Australians or yeah. other people that just worked on the ship. But I find that fascinating because when I lived in Australia for a couple of months in Melbourne, and what I found is that the people and even the ones that were on the cruise ship, a lot were not wearing shoes. I don't know why the whole barefoot thing was a, a thing. Instead of saying a ton, you guys would say a heap or like we would say, oh, I had tons of fun. You guys say heaps of fun or whatever. And or a shit load. Uh, yeah, but that's probably universal. Shitload of fun, shit load of fun is really nice. Yep. What else? Oh, the food was so good. But just the way that people engage with one another, it was very like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Like everyone was yeah. like very casual when it came to conversation versus in America. You don't just go up to strangers and say, hey, how's it going? Because someone might have a mental disorder or maybe they just don't like people or maybe they have a weapon. Like we just, Mm. we don't really do that. Like where I grew up, especially up North, like we're taught that strangers that come up to you randomly, like they want something from you. They're trying to rob you. They're trying to do other you in a van. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, Um, Yeah, definitely. I like feel like population density and also um, diversity in America was just such a, um, and history, right? You're like, you guys have so much history that is just, indicative of that segregation and then coming back to the integration is going to be a hard path so you can definitely see a lot of different things going on but so tall poppy syndrome i had a beautiful boss in real estate that said to me one day he goes there is there's a there's two ways to have the biggest tower in the city he said you can work like fuck to get the biggest tower in the city and do what you need to do stay focused to your course or you can spend your life cutting everybody else's tower down and i was like yeah super so that expansive mindset is what i felt in america i feel like obviously not without like i had a very short experience there but i feel like the the growth mindset is a lot more prominent in america than and just curiosity in general right like i met so many people because i love to talk 
And um, but we love an Australian accent because a lot of us don't just happen to like. I feel like you're Hugh Jackman, but like more relatable. If that makes any sense, like, <laughs> like a nice. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah, but it's also the accent and just the personality. It's like very like captivating and engaging. And I know. Again, I was just so enthralled. Like if I had to move today and move to a different country and live there forever and never come back to America, it would probably be Australia just because oh. the weather's amazing. The people are great. The food's amazing. And I didn't really see like big spiders. I know everyone was like, oh, you're going to be attacked by a big mosquito or spiders. And that's like a big stereotype in America. I didn't see any of that. Nah, we do. We have a lot of deadly things here, but it's, um, yeah, only certain pockets of Australia want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> So you're going to be highly unlucky, I think. I've lived in pretty much most of the country and I've definitely seen massive snakes, like like snakes nearly as long as the truck I'm driving at the moment and um, definitely poisonous like and, and stuff like that. But be mindful, you know, same mm-hmm. as anyway, like you're traveling overseas. Like if you don't read the pocketbook to how, how to be alive in this country, then you're probably going to die, you know, like it's... it's or not- just stay in the city. Yeah. Yeah, please, in a high rise. Right. <laughs> With a good exterminator. <laughs> so so I know I've taken a lot of your time here and um, I've really enjoyed chatting with you and happy to do this again as well. I want to just visit before we're done. Um, I love your, your wealth of experience and life. I have so many more questions now. This is great. But I want to talk about how we met on the ship and kind of like that whole experience for you. So how many cruises had you gone on before the one that we met on? That was my first. And, and only (laughs) one and done. I feel that. Oh, well, I'm glad it was, uh, it was memorable for sure for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, (laughs) allegedly speaking, I can't remember all of it, but I think, um, you had gone, with uh, a special female friend, is that correct? And you left Super without, special. yeah. Super special, yep, yep. And then, yeah, what were you saying? Sorry, left without her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After getting my passport out of ransom. <laughs> oh, because it was in the room. So, so again, allegedly speaking, I, this may or may not have happened, but mm. I think you had a good time. Things didn't <laughs> end up the way that you wanted to. Actually, so this isn't just you this is just like in general but um i've seen before a new year's cruise because i've worked a few of them uh new year's eve everyone's having a good time it's great it's awesome but then sometimes people realize that where they are in the first year transitioning into a new year they're like i need to make some changes you know i need to start going to the gym i need to cut ties with the dead weight whatever and so i've seen on certain cruises where they ran out of rooms because people were like hey i'm splitting up i'm out i'm not doing this anymore but on a ship you know you're like three four five days into a cruise it might be seven eight nine days long what are you supposed to do you know so well i had a beautiful experience so thank you so much for realizing there was no rooms left on the boat. Um, and it was New Year's Eve. And I was uh, trying to evacuate the area due to knowing that I was about to explode because the girl I was with, do you know, like you meet people that are great in bed, um, but they should stay great in bed, not actually engage with them any more than that. Tragic. It's like, you're such yeah. a shitty person, but this, yeah, the sex is great. And then the also um, sex versus love. Is a whole thing as well, sex versus love. And I'm like, that blew my mind when I was 20 years old to like hear that for the first time. But maybe that's the thing that you can understand, you know, with your work experience. Yes, 100%. I think love, connection, intimacy, sex, 
all that stuff is intrinsically different until it becomes the same, right? And it's a it's a choice to make it all come together. But um, yeah, so we she sexiest definitely the sexiest woman I've ever met in my life. Like she just oozes sex appeal. Um, I was not meant to be on that cruise. There was another guy that was meant to be on that cruise with her. She invited me there because I was in Thailand for three weeks before that cruise. She also said, I miss you. I just want to be with you exclusively. I was like, sweet. I'm not seeing anyone else. That's fine. So then she goes to me, do you want to come on the cruise? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Got on the cruise, had sex a few times, realized then there was not much other than the sex. So um, three days. Did you break it off or did she? Um, I was... I was trying to move away from her so I could spend 10 days rather than just three, like, and just, you know, sort of do what needs to be done. But um, I think it was going to be me. And then we had a, um, an explosive argument in the piano bar. <laughs> I was trying to evacuate the area while she was talking bullshit to these two people we met. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go stand on the back deck and get some air for a minute. Cause I was just sitting there going, Oh man, this is not where I want to be right now. And yeah, then it just sort of erupted in the piano bar. So then, um, yeah, a lot of nice words were said. And I just finished ironing her dress while she was having drinks at the bar. Like, I'm a good dude, but I turned into an absolute asshole then. And I was just like, this is how I know that we are everything, right? Someone might say, you're a nice guy. I'd be like, yeah, I am. Someone goes, you're an asshole. I'm like, you're right. Yeah, totally. So it was um, <laughs> super interesting. But yeah, so three days into a 10-day cruise, um, means that i got super creative with how i could sleep without having to sleep it was seven days without a room no i had many rooms <laughs> <laughs> so i met this one girl so the night i met you i believe was the um was the night was the what that would have been new year's wouldn't it you were having dinner so I first met you, I believe I was working the embarkation day. And so I remember seeing you and this cute young ginger. And I was like, wow, what a cute couple. Like they seem so nice. And I just feel like anytime that there's like a younger couple or like younger people on board, I'm automatically like, hi, how are you? Like we're in the same boat, literally together. And then I think I had seen you, like maybe I saw you at the gym or like maybe I saw you like a few days later, whatever, but I think it was around that time, maybe I was having dinner and then. Yeah, Dunskis, Dunskis. Um, yeah, so it was interesting. It was very interesting. I still, I so I picture when I met you um, near the, the adults only deck, you were sitting down having dinner and we were talking just <sighs> near the last door as we went out so i think that's when we had a main conversation to say hey i think you're cool and you're like, hey i think you're cool um but yeah so i ended up looking for a room all taken new year's eve five other couples had done the same thing all rooms were taken Met this beautiful family from tasmania who had two rooms so i stayed on one of their couches one night and one of their couches the next night met this other guy that also wanted to sleep with the girl i just broke up with he said he was in a he was in a um a suite because he goes every year so they upgrade him whatever i had one of their rooms and then he goes to me can i can i sleep with her i said you can do whatever you like just make sure i'm not there like i it was the weird i got off the boat my best mate and his wife came and picked me up and i freaking cried i was like i do not ever want to do that again <laughs> hence the one and done yeah oh yeah. man but met the the strawberries these guys that were like dressed in those breakfast suits and they're all like buddies and they'll just buy me a drink it was a fun time it was a super fun time i think i do everything to an extreme so that's where it ended up but yeah <laughs> well you were talking about things happening for a reason or life giving you a circumstance that maybe wasn't great in the moment but later on you can reflect on it i feel like maybe that was 
a, a reason for us to be like, Hey, let's stay in touch. Let's yeah. inspire one another. And, you know, I'm just happy to have another friend from Australia. That's got a great accent and a good smile. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, happen. no, I totally agree. I think, you know, and that's where you go fuck off to thank you. Right. If I'm waiting for the fuck off to turn to a thank you, but thank you is I might have a tendency of focusing on things that don't serve me and not realize the things that do. So I'll never say that I, you know, someone asked me the other day, what do you regret? And I was like, I don't regret anything. It's just what you focus on, right? If you're like saying, I regret this because I do this, then you're beating yourself up. So where's the shame and the guilt? Work through that. What did you like about it? Focus on that. You know, every single time. It's a, like the minute choices that you make. So to meet you in that moment, beautiful. <laughs> and we had some good times. You, you came to the special meet and greet thing as well, yeah, which is very- that was so good. I love that. And the very husband exclusive. Of performers yeah i loved it that was my tasmanian family i'm still in touch with them they were so wonderful i mean and it's funny because you were talking about i guess you had listened to a couple episodes that i've already done and you're like man you just have a a natural knack or you were born for the podcasting because you don't have to see your face we can just hear your voice and that's great no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm just kidding but like i never said that (laughs) i know i know i'm just using and you know those q a sessions were so fun because again yeah. We would do it almost every other cruise or every cruise. And there's just so many people that it's their first time or they don't know what it's like. And it's a very specialized lifestyle. It's a very specialized job. So it was fun to hang out. Yeah. That's so Great. good. Well, I guess we'll wrap up here because it's literally almost been an hour, which is crazy. I was going to take a break, but I was like, hey, this is so good. I guess like going forward, looking at your life as a, as a whole, what would you say is like the next goal? What's the next hurdle you want to climb or what do you want to be remembered for? That's like a deep legacy Legacy is the most beautiful thing, I think, but you know, I, I choose love and kindness in every moment. So, and that doesn't always look like kisses and cuddles. You know what I mean? So the, the true, I'm nice and I'm also an asshole. So that's nice. Um, but you know, the compassion is doing what needs to be done, but I have yoga training, uh, yoga teacher training booked in for the 9th of May. And I am going to spend a month in Thailand and then I'm just going to spread, spread as much love and kindness in this world as I can. I think, you know, it's a daily choice for me. Like I don't, I don't have five year plans or one year plans or one day plans because I think staying open and, and trusting that things are going to happen the way that they're meant to happen just means that you can take a deep breath. And if we're trying to relate to people by telling a story of where we're going to be in five months time, I think maybe we're just a bit scared of what we can create. So I'm just trying to sit in that trust, you know? I can say I want to do something, but if someone's like, oh, what are you going to do in like one year or five years or 10 years? I like not knowing yes. in a way because it keeps things exciting. Now, I know if I'm applying to a new job and they're like, well, we've seen that you've only been at this company, you know, for three years, you've been at this one at four and this one one, like what's going on? Yeah. I do have a lot of different passions and I, I feel like there's very few people like yourself and me that want to do all these different things that have all these different passions. Like I would love to get my real estate license one day. I would love to teach spin class or yoga. Like I'd love to do and accomplish so many things. And sometimes it's hard to do that under the circumstances, but if you can get a remote job that allows you to travel and work wherever that I think is the best of both worlds. So if you were to think of, I'm going to say two, two remote jobs off the top of your head, that could provide that lifestyle, what would they be? Hmm. If it's going to help, I'll contribute while you think. Is that okay? Sure. So I'm going to do a, um, a social media marketing short course because I feel like I have the energy and I love supporting people. I'm a supporter. 
So I'd love to go in and just say to people, Oi, do you want some energy? Here we go. You know? Oi. Oi, 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 you. Oi, you with the hair. Um, that's what Aussie say as well. Oi, a lot. There's not many people that have the name Oi, but a lot of people get called it. Um, and yeah, I can't think of a second one. You can do the second one. We can do one each. What's yours? Yeah, I think exactly what you said, social media, the power to be a travel blogger or a photographer or a vlogger or a podcaster, these types of jobs, it's hard to stand out and be specific because I think the market probably is oversaturated and people say niche, niche, niche. You have to find what your specific niche is. I'm, I'm just here. This is kind of like my passion project. It's my creative outlet in a way. And and we talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, just being able to connect with people and share stories. Right. And if you have a couple beautiful moments that you can take away from it, I'm like, yes. But I guess the other few things that you can do, I'm sure like you could be a virtual assistant for somebody. Um, yeah. You can do customer service remotely. You can do recruiting remotely. You can do other stuff remotely. I'm not really like, I'm, I don't do software development or like IT, but there's a lot of IT jobs as well or tech jobs that are remote too, so. I can't wait to see you being a um, real estate agent in the Canary Islands. I almost went one time too with my flight attendant job. And I was like, it was right around COVID. And I said, no, I'm not going to fly right now. But I think ah. about it all the time. Have you been? No, it was just a random thought. <laughs> Where's your favorite country to go to in Asia? Because you said you're going to Thailand. Where else have you gone? Yeah, Thailand, Singapore. That's it. Oh, Indonesia for a short time. Very, very short time. Um, you can go stay at a resort and your flight and everything is so much cheaper than going to a different yeah. part of Australia. It's so expensive. Yeah, 100%. If you're in WA, you go to Bali and it's like about 10 times, like honestly about 10 times cheaper than traveling to anywhere in Australia. So yeah. Um, no, I just have, I love making connections. So I love it when you go to a place and then you just find something you love and then you go like, I, I was staying in Rawai in the Southeast corner of um, Phuket and I was there for a month and I was like at this fight gym and then just met all the people on the street that I was like staying like, you know, so someone was doing my laundry, someone was making my food. I helped them out. I went and got them feel like it was just such a beautiful community where people were just doing things because they can. And this beautiful lady that came around and she goes, I am like the mafia in this town. And then she just took us to everything. Right. And she said to us like, oh, do you want shoes? And then the next day you'd go to her house and she'd have like bags of shoes at her house. <laughs> like whoa but it was like her whole family tradition was that they were like the people that were connected in the community not killing people i don't think i don't know <laughs> didn't uh, get that far yeah anything with connection like true connection with to me is like sharing right so i just love being able to share with people and especially on the world stage which is what you're doing which is what i love like your voice firstly i would listen to it all day which i most most definitely have because I drive a lot. So <laughs> I get to listen to you talk. Um, but yeah, just that sharing connection, man. Just keep doing it. Keep I love going. it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've loved connecting with you. I I look forward to doing this again if you are interested because I feel like always you have so many stories as well as myself. There's, <laughs> yeah, we've only grazed the surface here pretty much, but um, I've just loved catching up and um, I just thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories and I can't wait until next time. So thank you for being uh, a great guest today. I appreciate that so much. And thank you for your time. You're a beautiful man. Oh, right back at you. You know, takes one to know one, right? 
As always, thanks again for tuning in to Allegedly True with today's special guest, Adam from Australia. Looking forward to recording more episodes for your viewing pleasure. And again, these stories are allegedly true. So they may or may not be true. And we're just here to have a good time. And if you'd like to be featured or if you want to leave a voice message, I'll be happy to listen to that. We can go ahead and do that through the Anchor app. Please feel free to subscribe, follow along. And I look forward to our next episode of Allegedly True. Mm -hmm.